Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, Kay Simon shares the six key traits that all top agents have. Now, let's hear from Kate. A couple people come up to me, Kate, I want you to be my who. Kate, I want you to be my who. And it's flattering and I love it and thank you, but I need you to be the who for yourself. Guys, I've coached a lot of people. I've coached the Justin Fords. I've coached a world of people who have changed their life by implementing just a piece of what we're talking about. Not all of it, just a piece of what we're talking about. And I've coached people that unfortunately show up week after week, saying they're gonna do the thing, saying this is the week, saying they know they're gonna do their homework, and nothing changes. So let me ask you a question, and this is of course rhetorical. What's the difference? Am I a different coach for that client than I am for Justin Ford? I mean, there's versatility, certainly, right? Am I giving them less valuable information? The answer, of course, is no. So what this comes back to is how is that person showing up? So what I'd like to talk about today is what are six key traits and behaviors of the coaching clients that are not just winning, but winning right now. Can we all agree that this is a different market than it was 12, 18 months ago, raise your hand. Who's experiencing a different market? Guess what that means? You gotta show up different. If you're showing up the same way you were showing up 12, 18 months ago and wondering why your business hasn't changed, it's because you haven't changed with it, okay? And so I say that not to discredit the who, but to make sure that every single one of you understands that the who starts with you and then the who appears. The who starts with you. We heard a lot about Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. And by the way, I had no idea who Phil Jackson was until Justin spoke. I'm not really like a sports person. In fact, at Coffee with Coaches, I referred to Michael Jordan as Michael Jackson, so if that tells you anything. (laughs) I have no idea, right? And so we heard a lot about Kobe Bryant's accomplishments, Michael Jordan's accomplishments, and they're profound, right? And then we talked about Phil Jackson and how Phil was the coach that took Michael Jordan from point A to point B. Phil was the coach that took Kobe from this winning season to that winning season. Phil chose them and they chose Phil. There was probably hundreds of other basketball players that Phil Jackson could have decided to lean into, but he leaned into them. Why is that? What was different about them that caused Phil to go all in on them versus the hundreds of other players that he's had the privilege to coach. What made them champions over the hundreds of other players that he coached? Did he tell them some secret he was unwilling to tell other people? Or did they show up different? If you want your Phil Jackson, you have to be the Kobe. You want the best of the best, you have to show up for the best of the best. And ask yourself, what am I committed to changing? How am I committed to showing up for this opportunity so that it doesn't go wasted? Here's the reality. Some of you have the who in your life and you've had the who for a long time, but you haven't shown up to the who in the way that they've wanted you to. You haven't shown up for them. We gotta make a decision on how we need to show up for the Phil Jackson in order to be the Kobe, okay? So we're gonna talk about some choices today. Who do we need to become in this process, on this road to our unreal life? Who do we need to become? Because guess what, the harsh reality is, if we were already that person, we would be living that life. And if we're not living that life, We're not the person yet. 
So I want to start with number one, okay? And this goes across the board, and this is back to the basics. What is one of the number one skills, traits, behaviors of our top coaching clients right now on why they're winning? Why their business is going to keep going forward, regardless of whether or not they're on track for their goals. That's not what I'm talking about. Why are they gonna win through this? And the number one, and arguably the most important right now, they commit to mastery of the basics. They, they commit to mastery of the mundane, the boring stuff, the stuff you were really hoping I wasn't gonna talk about today. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I can't lie to you guys up here. But first, let's talk about what does mastery even mean, right? We hear this phrase, oh, I'm a master at prospecting. I'm a social media master. I'm a master at this. What does that even mean? By definition, by the way, mastery is 10,000 hours over and over and over again of a specific skill. 10,000 hours. So let's be clear, you could be good at something and you can be really, really good at something, but you don't become a master until you get to 10,000 hours by that definition. Some of you haven't even been in the business for 10,000 hours and you're calling yourself a master, right? <laughs> so when you think about 10,000 hours, just to like articulate this a little bit differently, 10,000 hours is 60 weeks, six zero weeks, if you worked 24 hours a day on a specific skill. If you work 24 hours a day on prospecting for 60 weeks straight, no days off, no naps, no food, no beverage, nothing, in 60 weeks you'd become a master. If you wanna cut that time in half and say, Kate, I, I wanna sleep, but all of my waking hours, I will go ahead and prospect, that's 120 weeks. Okay? So I, I wanna create that picture to share with you guys that you might be good at something. In fact, you might be really good at something. But until it's gotten so boring, so mundane that you can do it in your sleep, that you can walk down the hallway and handle objections from people every which way, we haven't mastered something. So last night, Kathy and I, we got dinner with two, two great clients, and one of the clients, Lee Rosa, he's somewhere in the audience, Lee, where are you? Where are you, where are you? Right there, Lee Rosa. He was one of my first early mentors, by the way, when we were back in the Mike Ferry organization. This, gosh, I mean, maybe 08, 09. And Lee was a role play partner, he was an accountability partner, I mean, he saw me grow up in this industry, right? And so of course, Kathy, you know her background. And we were talking about last night at dinner, believe it or not, we still talk about this in our free time, the power of scripting and dialogue, right? You'd think we'd have something more we wanna talk about at dinner, and yet, there we are, talking about how important it is to script and dialogue. And so, I, I don't remember which one of us started at, Kathy or Lee, but we started rattling off the Mike Ferry listing presentation as fast as we could. Hi, my name is Kate, I'm so excited to get your home on the market and get it sold, but before we get started, can I take a quick look around? Okay, great, one of three things is gonna happen tonight. And we were both like laughing to see who could say it the fastest. And I'm like, this is absolutely insane. The people around us are like, what cults are they a part of? <laughs> and it's the cult of making money. That's the cult. Okay, but here's the point. And Lee, I guess I can't speak for you, but I have not looked at that script in easily five years, but I can say it verbatim. How long did that take me? It took me 30 days of writing it out every single day and chanting it, three, zero. And now you could pick any line in that script and pull me in the hallway and I'm on track. I know exactly what I'm saying, when and where. That's mastery. I haven't seen the script in five years and it's inside of me. So you think if I go on a listing appointment, I can add my flavor and add my personality to it to make it not sound so robotic? Absolutely. Which is of course what we encourage all of you guys to do in your skill work as well. So back to number one, they commit to mastery of the basics. So while I'm sure a handful of you, if not all of you, know what those basics should be, right? But for the sake of getting crystal clear 
about what it is that all of us need to be focusing on right now when it comes to mastery, to get crystal clear about it, it's really only a few things. In fact, you don't even need your whole hand to count them. I'll make it really easy. The first thing they commit to master is their skills, okay? Low-hanging fruit, you know I was gonna say that. Their skills. And the question is always, Kate, what skills should I be mastering? Well, what lead source are you going after? What's your conversion rate on listings? There has to be a diagnostic on what's not working for you in your business to diagnose the skill, right? That's no different than an athlete going to the gym saying, hey, I'd like to train to run a marathon and having a trainer say, all right, I guess do a bunch of crunches. How's that gonna help? So make sure the skill work you're doing matches the deficit in your business. If you're looking at the deficit in your business, guess what, you gotta know your numbers. How many appointments are you going on? How many contracts are you getting signed? How many contacts are you making? By the way, guys, this is what a coach helps you with. So if you're sitting in the chair thinking, I have no idea, great, we can help with that. So skill work number one. In fact, Jeff would say, if you're new in the business, three years or under, two hours a day minimum skill work. An hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. By the way, the super good professionals, the OGs as we call it on Glover Agency who've been doing it for 10 plus years, still practice at least 30 minutes a day. I wanna go back to Kobe for a second. So who here has heard about his 666 routine? Anybody, a couple of you, okay? The 666 routine. Kobe Bryant's 666 training schedule. Six hours a day, six days a week, six months out of the year. I'm assuming that's in season, or maybe it's out of season, I guess I don't know. Six hours a day, six days a week, six months. And now what he did in those six hours, just like what Jeff did with his morning schedule, he has a very specific breakdown of how he's using those six hours, right? He's not just showing up to the gym and shooting hoops. It's very deliberate with what he's doing with his time, very similar to how deliberate Jeff was in sharing with you the morning schedule. Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, six hours a day. What would our business look like if we did 25% of that? What would our life look like if we did 25% of that? If you want the Phil Jackson, you have to be the Kobe. So number one was the, the, they commit to the mastery of the basics. We talked about skills. The second is lead generation, okay? Now lead generation, yes, there's skills involved, but there's also a level of resilience, a tolerance for rejection a tolerance for boredom. I got bad news, guys. It never gets more fun. You just get better at the not fun, and you get attached to what it does for you. Stop expecting prospecting to be fun. It's not going to be fun, but last time I checked, unless this is a hobby, there's going to be pieces of our job we don't love 100% of the time, okay? They're committed to mastering lead generation. Underneath that, we have lead follow-up. This is some of the lowest hanging fruit with all of my clients when they say, oh, my pipeline's getting a little, little sketchy, Kate. It's drying up a little bit. We always go back to lead follow-up. Who's in your lead pipeline? How often are you calling them? What are you saying when you call them? There is an inverse relationship between the amount of leads you have at any given time and the transactions you do in a year. I'll say that again, there is an inverse relationship between the amount of leads you have at any given time and the amount of deals you do in a year. Why is that? Because the more leads you have in your CRM, the more comfort you take in thinking one of them is gonna amount to something. And by the way, they might. In fact, a chunk of them will. But the challenge is when you see a CRM full of 100 hot leads and two or three of them are ready to go in the next week, what are the chances you're gonna find them at the time and they're ready to list? So you have to get intentional about your lead follow-up, but before that, you have to get intentional about what is your definition of a lead? Timeline, motivation. That's the definition of a lead. What is their timeline, what is their motivation? And their timeline needs to match 
the urgency for you to hit your goal. We've known this for years, 10 plus years. The longer the timeline of a lead that you consider a lead, the less deals you're gonna do in a year. Here's what that means. My client's closing 100 plus deals a year, their leads are 21 days or less. That doesn't mean we're throwing out the other ones. That just means that's what their focus is. So when I ask them, how many leads do you have right now? They maybe have three. And if that's not enough, they pick up the phone and they find more. The agents I've talked to who are struggling to hit 25 deals a year are struggling to hit what they would consider their bare minimum. Oh, I got 100 leads. So there's more on that, right? And this talk is not specifically about lead follow-up. But we gotta pay attention to that. We gotta pay attention to what are we actually considering a lead that's gonna help take our business to the next level. So we had skills, lead gen, lead follow-up, and of course, guys, a canned presentation. They master their canned presentation, just like at dinner last night. Well, I wouldn't say that was a listing presentation. We, they master what they say, how they say it, and it's a touchy subject, but I'm gonna say it, get ready for it. How the heck are they showing up? How do they dress? What do they drive? What do they look like? How do they conduct themselves? Now, this is not to put anybody in a box. You show up as you, okay? But you have to accept the fact that your clients are judging you before you even open your mouth. And if you're okay with how they may or may not be judging you, own it. But we can't complain about the business we're not getting if we're unwilling to audit our entire presentation, not just what we're saying and how we're saying it. But Kate, I want them to like me for me. It's not about you guys. It's about your client. And if you're unwilling to adapt to be the top service provider to help them because you wanna be who you are, what's your motivation here? Are we here to help people? Say yes. yes. Show up in a way that makes it easy for them to hire you. We have a whole video on that on Sales Rocket, so I'm not gonna get into that, on auditing your presentation, what you say, how you say it, how you look, how you present yourself, and how to elevate that if that's an area of opportunity for you. Number two, skills of our top coaching clients. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this one a little bit differently, because I recognize Jeff covered this in his morning schedule. What I wrote down for number two is they own their mornings. Okay, you've heard the Glover you phrase, own the morning, win the day. Sounds really nice, right? But what the heck does that mean? How do you own your morning, right? Jeff gave you an example of what could be included in a morning routine. By the way, I see it differently, right? And so, of course, I'm a high analytical, so it's got to be different for me. But I see a morning routine, which to me is from the time in which your alarm goes off and you get up in the morning, and your morning schedule, which is when you walk in the office at work and sit down at your desk. To me, those are kind of two different things. Right? You can call it the same thing if you want, but just for the sake of this conversation, that's what I'm referring to. So they own their morning. I asked all of our coaches, hey, you know, I want to talk about, you know, this is what I'm talking about at the retreat. What are some of the key things that you're noticing in all of your agents that are succeeding right now? Almost every single one of them said this point. They have a strong morning routine before their workday even starts. They have a strong morning routine before their workday even starts. Now, for a while, this was second nature for me. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a reason that I couldn't get up any earlier. And it, it wasn't that hard for me to just wake up and do my thing. And so for some of you who know me, you'll know this story, but I'm going to assume none of you do. In the last two years, because I like to be extreme, I've had two children in two years. <laughs> Okay? I had one, it was super hard, super challenging. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And then 10 months later, I was like, gotta do this again. <laughs> but really, that's my high D, right? I'm like, I just gotta get this over as soon as possible. And I did. And so let me just say, I'm finally back. Okay? I'm back after a couple years of hormones and sleeplessness and oh my gosh. So thanks for hanging on here, okay? Yeah, you're welcome, Jeff. Don't worry, don't worry. Shop's closed, it's fine. <laughs> but I wanna tell you guys something, okay? As I'm sure you can imagine, 
Two children under two rocked my world, okay? Rocked my world. I'm not sleeping. I'm, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I'm so tired, I'm blacking out, basically. I can't focus on anything, okay? And some would argue that I might have every reason in the world to cut myself some slack. And, and I did. And then I cut myself some slack. And then I cut myself some slack. And so I had a conversation about a month and a half ago at Lead Up in Fort Lauderdale. I had a dinner, and a conversation at that dinner completely changed my life. Polly, where are you? This man right here, Polly. He's one of our top one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. And this man is an animal with a capital A, okay? First of all, just for like a, some context, and I know nothing about this until he started talking about this at, at dinner, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion black belt. So, maybe a little bit intense, okay? A little bit intense. So we're having, you know, we're having dinner, we're, we're talking, we're talking about lead up, and somehow the topic of morning routine came up, right? Because guess what? High producers, high achievers like to talk about things that make them better. They don't talk about people. They don't want to talk about politics. They're not talking about, you know, the latest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County, although that's a good show. <laughs> They're talking about how to get better. And so we're talking about morning routine. And I caught myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sleeping through the night, but as soon as my daughter starts sleeping through the night, yeah, I'm going to get back on it. Yep, as soon as this happens, I'm going to get back on it. Just got to do this, and then I'll get back in the gym. And I was like, oh my god, I'm doing it. And so Polly was like, yeah, no, I've got a morning routine. And I was like, all right, let's see it. And I expected him to be like, I wake up at 5, I do this, I do that, I work out, and then I crush it. I'm like, OK, cool. So we like, he's like on his phone. And I'm like, all right, bro, it's kind of rude. What are you looking at? And he pulls up his note section. And he shows me his morning routine. I'm like, what the heck is this? And it's line by line. 5 o'clock, wake up. 5.05, sit up in bed. It's probably sooner than that. 5.06, drink 24 ounces of water. 5.07, brush my teeth. 5.08, use the bathroom. I'm like, bro, what, what are you doing? Why are you listing all of this stuff? Like, I get it. You do your morning. He's like, no, you don't get it unless you list out with intention everything you're gonna do, you're not gonna do it. I was like, shoot, okay. Sounds about right. So I, I sat with that, right? Because how you see, I gotta process that. What the heck does that even mean? And so, you know, I had some questions on him, you know, the next day at dinner, we had dinner. All right, what does this look like? And, and he walked me through making some of those decisions for myself because I realized that I'm not, I'm not unlike you guys, I'm human myself, and I was slipping into, okay, when my daughter sleeps through the night, I'll do this. One day this, one day that. And the reality slapped me in the face around lead up. My daughter was six months old. She's not a newborn anymore. She's a baby. It's gonna suck for a while. What do you wanna do? Do you wanna suck with it? Or do you wanna make a decision that something's gonna be different. And I was like, God, okay. I guess, I guess I gotta make this decision. I have to decide that even though it's hard, I'm gonna do it anyway. And so even though Polly didn't sign up for this at all, I texted him on the first day, up. And he was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> and so every day since then, and even on this trip, at 5.05 in the morning, I get a text, up, up. And then we go on our morning routine. And after this, we're going to be tweaking and adjusting to master that. They own their morning. Now, here's what I realized that I didn't anticipate. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a no-brainer. I kept thinking about a morning routine. And I kept thinking about the lack of sleep. And I kept thinking about, oh my god, how could I possibly get up any earlier? Oh my gosh. I kept thinking about it taking from me in a season when I was like, I don't have any more to give. After the first day, I was like, this is taking nothing from me. This is giving to me. 
This is giving me energy. This is giving me space. This is giving me capacity to show up for the people in my world that I love. This is giving me peace. This is giving me an hour to myself where I'm not mommy or Coach Kate. I needed that, and I didn't realize how bad I needed it until I started doing it. Not everything is a subtraction. Sometimes it's an add. So not just your morning schedule at work, but I want you to really think about how intentional are you with your morning routine? How intentional are you about my alarm goes off, I sit up, I drink 24 ounces of water, I take my vitamins, I take my protein shakes, I walk downstairs to the gym, and then I lift my weights. If your morning routine doesn't look that detailed, go back to it. Don't steal Polly because he's my accountability partner. <laughs> That's number two, they own their mornings. Number three, and this is a big one, guys, and it's not just for this market, but it's for any adversity out there. It's the difference between people that I know, they could be at the bottom, they could be at the lowest low of their life, and I can look at them and say, oh, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna win. And I can see people who I know aren't gonna make it through this. And this is the key why. Adaptability. Adaptability. They let go of what worked and they're curious about what works. They let go of what worked and they're curious about what works. Here's why that's hard. Some of us, and by the way, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this, some of us have built a business based on personality, right? We socialize, we're gonna network, and they're working with me because they like me. Now they might like you, but let's be really clear, they're working for you because of the service you provide. And so what happens is when that source gets smaller, instead of making a business decision about how, when, and where to supplement with something else, they're stuck in the hurt of why they're not being chosen anymore. They're stuck in the hurt of, oh my goodness, all of my friends and family used me last year and my database is dried up. Nobody's even calling me anymore. And that hurts. It hurts when what's worked before stops working. And so the natural, the, the natural tendency we have when we're in this conundrum is how do we fix it? Maybe I'll throw one more client event. Maybe if I send an ice cream cone to their house, they'll use me. You guys, they don't wanna move, but thank you for the ice cream. Okay, you could blast your database 100 times a year and if they love their house and they love you, they're still not moving. You can't send them enough cookies to cause them to list their house. Adapt, add another source. Imagine this, the energy that you take to, to make what's not working work, if you applied half of that to a new source, imagine where your business would be. You have to be willing to adapt. And I'm not just talking about sourcing your business, although I would say that's where I see it show up most often right now. You have to have the ability to adapt. It's okay to absorb the blow. Oh, this sucks, this isn't working anymore. Put your mask back on. How do you make this work? We have to be solutions focused in this market, not problem focused. You have to be solutions focused. You do not have time to stay down. You don't have time to negotiate with reality. Oh, this is the worst second quarter I've ever had, but that's okay. Something's gonna change in the third quarter and it's not gonna be me. <laughs> you don't have time. If you're not auditing your business on a week by week by week by week basis, you're running out of time. If someone's not asking you about your production every single week and helping you get over the hurdles, you're running out of time. And you can have all the tools in the world, you can go to all the classes you want, but nothing's gonna give you back that time. What do you wanna do with that time? Number four. 
under the skills, behaviors, traits of the top clients that are not just winning right now, but I'm confident are gonna win through this shift. You can write down the word clarity. But what I'd like to say is they have clarity of what they're doing and the why behind it. So Jeff said something interesting from stage. I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but he said, you guys, it's not work to me, and we have to find a way to make what we're doing every single day fun. And I'm going to counter that. No, you don't. <laughs> you have to find a way to create meaning, intense, intentional meaning behind what you're doing every single day. Now listen, Jeff is an, an odd one where he does have fun every single day with what he does. Truly, he does. But we can also accept the fact that just because it's not fun doesn't mean it's not important to do. But you're the one that determines the level of importance. And the level of importance is only determined by your intensity with your purpose. Finding clarity only happens when there's extreme purpose behind the work. Then the work is not the obstacle. The work is the path. You guys have probably seen this quote, heard this quote before. It says, doing the work is the shortcut. Doing the work is the shortcut. And so they have clarity on not just what they need to be doing in the, in the, in the morning routine and their skills. That's fine. They need clarity on that too, yes. But they need clarity on like, why are they marching up this hill? On the days that are hard, why are you giving it one more day instead of quitting? Why are you still here? Some of you max out your cards to be here. Some of you max out your cards to still pay with coaching, and I love you guys. The fact that you're that close and you're still holding on to your coach, let's give you guys a round of applause, seriously. You know what that tells me? That tells me that that client has chosen that coaching is an investment and a lifeline they cannot lose in this market. Not an expense that's taking from them. It's like their morning routine. It adds to them. It doesn't take from them. So we have to have extreme purpose behind what it is we're doing, but more specifically, why we're doing it. How do we get extreme purpose? How do we find that purpose, Kate? I know I need my why, I know I need my purpose. You gotta realize you have something to lose. We all have something to lose. Like Ed talked about yesterday, you, you have to realize your time is finite here. Like Jeff said from stage, you have to realize that eventually we're going to run out of time to make the impact we wanna make, to be the parents we wanna be, to be the spouses we wanna be to have the level of fitness we say we're gonna get one day. Guys, we're running out of time. And like that realization I had at dinner with Polly, I was like, man, this isn't gonna change. I have to change. If I want more, I have to change. The next point here. Is this number four or five? Five. And this is a big one. Jay, don't get mad, but I'm going to call on you for this. I'll use you as an example. They play defense in a massive way against distraction. Defense in a massive way against distraction. Jeff just gave you a beautiful morning schedule. He told you exactly what to do, when, and how. Guess what? Doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to say the word no. Doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to set the expectations with the people in your world that here's what I do from X time to Y time, I'll talk to you later. I just had that conversation this morning with my husband. Sending me all the kid updates, love it. I don't wanna know that our house is on fire right now and my toddler just you know, put my cat in a chokehold. I don't wanna know that. I'll text you after I'm off stage. I said, unless someone's dying, don't talk to me right now. He's like, got it, okay? Unless someone's dying, please. I don't wanna hear about it. I don't wanna know about it. There's a book I, I uh, recommended to Shelby. She was the one that asked at the, um, at the luncheon. 
hey, how do I do all these things? I was like, girl, you gotta say, say the word no. Practice boundaries. And I know that's a shiny object word right now, but it's real. Some of us are caught in this habitual people-pleasing mode and we try to be everything to everyone and we're so afraid of ticking somebody off that we're willing to throw ourselves under the bus just to save face. Guess what, guys? If you're interacting with an adult who's not a toddler, which I have to specify because I interact with a toddler a lot, a lot more than I thought I would, holy crap, the questions, the timeouts, the no, don't lick that, you know? <laughs> holy crap, you guys lied to me, by the way. This is so much harder than I thought. Ellie, you lied. You lied. Jen, you lied. You have to learn to say no. You have to learn to put blinders on when you're going after what you want. When you say yes to everybody else and you say no to yourself, what message are you sending them? That you don't value yourself. And if you don't value you, how the heck can you get mad when nobody else does? Some of us are mad at the people in our world for the problems that we caused, for the problems that we facilitated. Some of us are tolerating certain things from certain relationships because we haven't done this. <laughs> Bye. Guess what? To be the best version of yourself, to be in the best position in your life, to be the happiest you've ever been, you're going to have to cut some ties. You're going to have to say no, and you're going to have to disappoint some people. Now, here's the good news. For the most part, the people you're interacting with, like I said, they're not toddlers. They're adults, and they're fully capable of handling disappointment. That is not your job. That is not your responsibility. It is your responsibility to state your boundaries, state how they can interact with you, how they can win in a scenario with you. And the, second you the second you compromise on that, you compromise your worth, and you compromise all of the things on the other side of that worth. You gotta play defense against the distraction, you guys. And Jeff, of course, gave some tools, some tricks, some acknowledgements. There's a whole, that's a whole separate talk, okay? But I will tell you right now, you gotta get clear on your boundaries and you gotta get clear on communicating them in a way that isn't like, oh my God, leave me alone, right? Because when we're in the habit of never setting boundaries and people pleasing, when people make asks of us, it can feel like a personal attack and then we're resentful and then we're like, oh my God, I can't believe they want me to go to this party tonight. Well, did you say no? Some of us are, are mad or frustrated with people at problems that we facilitated. So our top clients, the ones who are succeeding right now, are laser focused on what they want, where they want to go, which means they know what to say yes to and they know what they say no to. Now, I'm not picking on anybody when I say this, because I know a couple of you are going to be like, you're talking to me. I'm not talking to anybody, okay? And I follow a lot of realtors online, okay, of course, on Facebook. And some agents I see go to every single class, conference, training, speaker, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, holy crap, when do you work? Okay? But the bigger question I have is, how intentional are you being at these events? Meaning, what are you, tr what are you looking for? What are you hoping to hear from this speaker that this speaker didn't talk about? What do you need to hear? And some have good answers. Hey, I really want to hear this from this person. Or hey, this is where I network, this is where I make my relationships and connections. Fine, that's, that's fine. All I'm asking is that you know why you're there and you're purposeful about the things you say yes to. I'm not saying go to more, go to less. I'm saying be purposeful about what that's doing. Be purposeful about the lunches that you say yes to. Be purposeful about the phone calls that you take. Be purposeful about the decisions that you make, the relationships that you have. 5 a.m., sit up in bed. It's the only thing I think about. Who the heck puts that? Who puts that they have to sit up in bed? Isn't that rhetorical? Like, isn't that like a known? And you're like, no, it's not. 
Next, almost the last point. You guys knew this one was coming. They're coachable and they lean in hard. They're coachable and they lean in hard, okay? Now, you would assume they signed up for coaching. Aren't they coachable? No. Sometimes, and they might not even realize it, but sometimes clients sign up for coaching to look for expensive validation on what they're doing is fine. Well, this is why I'm doing it, Kate. Isn't this like kind of okay? Yeah, if you wanna stay the same, it's great. And I truly mean that. I'm not here to change the people who don't want to be changed. And there's a lot of you running amazing businesses that you should be really proud of. I'm not here to tell you what you're doing isn't good enough. But what I'm here to tell you is if you want something to change, you have to be open to that change. You have to focus on what would it mean to be coachable? What would it mean to get the most out of this relationship? How do I have to show up? What does that look like? And do that. Ask the people in your world, hey Kate, how could I show up better to coaching? Hey, how could I show up better to feedback? Hey, here's an area that I wanna improve. What does that improvement plan look like? And work on that. And for some of us, the feedback on the other side of that conversation might sting, right? Might hurt. It might, oh my gosh, I don't love hearing that. Because very few of us do, right? We're all human. But you have to understand, if you have a person in your world that's willing to tell you the truth about something holding you back, that's love. You have a person in your world who's willing to call you out on the stuff that all of your other acquaintances let go, that's commitment. And if you have a person in your world that dares to believe in you more than you believe in yourself, don't let that go. Ask yourself how you show up better. How do you show up to them the way that they're showing up to you? Some of you are looking for a new who, but the new who is you. Don't look for the new who until you become the who. And then the who shows up. They're coachable. Let's talk about coachability. It's the individual's willingness to and ability to seek, be receptive to, and act on constructive feedback to drive individual development and improve performance. So coachability. An individual's willingness and ability to seek, be receptive to, and act on constructive feedback to drive individual development and improve performance. Are the people you're surrounding yourself with, is it an echo chamber or is it a mirror? Some of us just wanna hear what we wanna hear, and that's fine. But you can't grow in that echo chamber. The last point. And this is, this is big, okay, and, and almost bigger than coachability. They own their choices. They own their choices. My mentor in California, he is the reason I made it in California. It's a whole different story for a different day. I sat at his kitchen table, Beverly Hills, California, down to my last $5,000, and he said, Kate, I'm gonna give you the 90-day plan, you do this every single day and you will make it in California. This was after a really tough, you know, nine months of just spinning my wheels. Oh my gosh, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Neil Schwartz wrote it on a napkin in his house, his wife serving dinner, total accidental. The only reason I was there is because I forgot my laptop at his office when I did a, a visit. Is that a God thing or what? The only reason I had that conversation with him is because I forgot my laptop at the office. And he said, hey, Kate, I'm on my way back up to Beverly Hills from Irvine, you're in Malibu, come get it. Okay. We had dinner, he changed my life. He said to me that day, and has said to me over and over and over again, and has since said that to numerous agents, he said, Kate, you are where you are because it's okay with you. I know I hated it then and I hate it now. Hate it. You are where you are because it's okay with you. You're in the relationship that you're in because it's okay with you. You're at the production level that you're at because it's okay with you. 
you're surrounded by the people that you're surrounded by because it's okay with you. Our top agents, they take ownership for their choices. And when we say that to them, they say, yeah, you know what, Kate, you're right. I am where I am because it's okay with me. Every single choice we make every single day is a choice for the vote, the life we want, or it's a vote for the life that we currently have. Every choice we make is a forward momentum proactive decision or it's a passive step back. Most of us think of choices as forward moving. I'm gonna make this choice. I'm gonna make this decision. We don't talk enough about sitting back and being passive is also a choice. And so when we can recognize that choices are both active and passive, and that our life is humming along regardless of what we choose and it's on us to decide we're done. We're done with using the baby stuff as an excuse that I'm not sleeping through the night. I'm setting my alarm and I'm sitting up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm putting that on my notes too. When you make that decision to be done with it, your life changes. I fell into this trap too, you guys. I develop people for a living and I fell into the trap of waiting for it to get easier, for me to be well rested, for me to be able to mentally and emotionally afford this new habit. I waited and it hit me like a ton of bricks. The longer I wait, the longer I delay. Another month goes by, I'm still not any better. And as that time goes on, guess what? Balloons behind me, the shame. Oh my God, another month, nothing changed. Oh my God, another year I said I was going to do X and it didn't happen. And that shame can steamroll you if you let it. That shame can keep you down. It can, it can make you afraid to ask for help. It can make you afraid to raise your hand and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to, this is done. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm ready. Don't pay attention to the shame. It's done. It's over. It might be there. But here's what you can do. You can look at your life tomorrow. You can look at your one more day. You can look at your Phil Jackson. And you can make a different decision. You can make a different decision to show up better, different, stronger than you've ever shown up before. You can make a decision that the story stops here. You're done with that. And from now on, from today forward, you're committed to being the best version of yourself you've ever been. You're committed to leaving your excuses. You're committed to leaving your reasons. And you're deciding this is how this is gonna go. Some of you know this, some of you don't. And I, I honestly, until this moment, I wasn't sure I was, I was gonna share this, but I am. Last week on Monday, my mom went through uh, a routine procedure. She's 65, people get older, it's fine. My dad calls me. Some of you know my parents, by the way. They're at these events, buzzing around, setting up florals, setting up swag. They are the people behind the scenes that make it happen. They would never miss this for the world. So Monday I get a call, hey, you know, mom's in recovery, but she's got a lot of pain going on. Huh, that's weird. Yeah, they, they don't know what's going on. They're, they're sending her to the emergency room. Not great, but keep me posted. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on my phone, like, what's going on? It's bedtime, it's, you know, I'm, I'm in the chaos. I call it rush hour at the house, right? Oh my God, dinner, bedtime, bath time, scream it out, you know, whatever, let's go. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed, they're doing scans, can't figure it out, doing scans, can't figure it out, doing scans, can't figure it out. And then I get a text. Kate, mom has uh, multiple aneurysms in her heart. So the next day, my Tuesday crew, you got the email from me. Hey, I'm around. 
but I gotta go to the hospital. Uh, I walk in the hospital. My mom's a cardiac nurse, just to, just to be clear, okay? So she knows what she's talking about. My mom's a cardiac nurse, and I walk in, and she looks me in the eyes, and she says, Kate, I'm not gonna be okay. So last week was a lot of doctors, a lot of visits, a lot of trying to figure out what, what are we doing here? Is this fixable? Is this not? What's happening? Talk about a God thing. The surgeon is my best friend's uncle. The hospital she was at is the hospital she works at. So the team knows her. And we had a, a long week of no answers, but ultimately, because all of you are gonna ask, because she was at a state of recovery, maintenance, no surgery, aneurysms aren't big enough to warrant open heart surgery, which is what it would have been. So cool, we're in the clear, awesome. Just in time for the event. Sunday rolls around, 6.30 in the morning. My dad's calling me. Oh my gosh, happy Father's Day. Kate, they're airlifting your mom to U of M. And I thought, God, I thought we were over this. I thought we were in the clear. And so if you know Michigan, I'm racing down 696 at 7.30 in the morning all the way to U of M. Actually, no, St. Mary's first. Had a stern conversation with the doctor there. Then they got her on a helicopter to U of M. And I sat bedside with her. Jeff and Taylor knew. I said, guys, I'll keep you posted, but like, they're like, no, we get it. We get it. Sat bedside with her, met with the doctors, talked to everybody, talked to my family, talked to my dad, and I talked to my mom. And she said, Kate, get in your car. You gotta go. And she said, because when you show up for people, you change their life. When you do what you do, they can live their best life. I'm gonna be okay here, Kate. But if they don't hear what you have to say, they're not. So you're gonna go up there, and you're gonna get on stage, and you're gonna give them everything you got. You have a decision to make. I had a decision to make. And I hope you know that I would not be standing here while my mom is in the intensive care unit if I didn't believe that you need this message right now. What you do with this message is your choice. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to join Kate today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com forward slash self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.